there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Without the penis of Peter Schmeichel, Leicester City, there should be a TIFO, a giant TIFO of, of Peter Schmeichel's Burnt penis, because we've all heard the Nicky Butt story. Well, I haven't heard the story. <laughs> you know? Bobby Charlton is Manchester United, you know? Carlos Tevez. Yeah. Without Carlos... Yeah. Listen, Carlos Tevez created what Manchester City became. I actually agree with You that. know what I mean? Yeah. That is Ferguson's biggest ever mistake. Man United didn't win the league for three years straight before Vidic came. They subsequently won it five times out of seven. The only two years they didn't win it, Vidic played 25 games or less. In that period, he won player of the season twice, made fifth Pro World 11 twice, and Premier League team of the season four times. Without Beckham agreeing to this deal in 2007, Messi would likely be playing in Saudi Arabia this season. <laughs> Wow. When we say impact, what do you think of? Does your mind instantly go to player performance on the pitch? Well, the truth of the matter is that impact can be viewed and understood in many different ways. And here on The Ripple Effect, we like to turn things upside down and alter the perspectives of which we look at things. So in this episode, we're going to have a look at the most impactful Man United players of all time. And we're going to create a team based purely on impact. This could mean a whole host of things such as impact off the pitch, impact after retirement, or even impact on the opposing teams. I also put out on Twitter which players who haven't played for Man United have impacted Man United the most as well. So we can run through a few of those uh, at the end of it. Do you know what? Actually, we're going to do this right at the start because I know this podcast and we won't get to it at the end, especially with my two guests, <laughs> Lies and Cam. Uh, we've done a podcast talking about Caicedo and Chelsea and Liverpool in depth. Um, loved it. Really, really enjoyed it, boys. We could have chatted for another hour, um, and we are about to, so that's good. Uh, so in terms of players that have never played for Man United, and also both the guys are Man United fans, so they're, they're coming from a background of knowledge. Players that have affected Man United the most, or impacted. I'll chuck one in. Billy Rice, who's a... a friend of mine from back in the day, QPR fan, he says Dennis Bailey. He scored a hat-trick on New Year's Eve or New Year's <laughs> Day against Man United when we beat him 4-1 a million years ago or uh, back in the day. As in, the olden say. <laughs> in the olden days. So, yeah. Um, Hugh Woosencroft, who was on the pod a couple of weeks ago. We were yeah. chatting about Saudi Arabia. That was fascinating, actually. Uh, he said Henri. I guess Henri probably took... Do, do Man United have a few more titles if Henri's not knocking about? Yeah, Nistelroy probably has a few more golden boots. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, your boy, isn't he, Dennis Troy? Yeah, man. That's all. We'll talk about him soon. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. You know what I mean? Uh, Mendes right, Henri, yeah. the Mendes goal. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, remember it. <laughs> Roy Carroll. Roy Carroll. So if you, so basically, Portsmouth were. Oh no, it was Tottenham. Tottenham, Tottenham taking a manual, and um, they had a player called Mendes who played for Portsmouth as well, and he mm-hmm. tried a sort of long range shot, which wasn't that great, but. Uh, Roy Carroll, who's in goal, had a right panic and basically caught it and put it over his shoulder. And it was miles over the line, but there was no VAR. <laughs> and if you go back and watch that clip, 
the thing that's amazing, I don't know if you've ever had this in your life. You know when you kind of get like caught out or, or something like that and you get itchy? Have you ever had that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch the clip, he starts like moving his like <laughs> shirt about because he knows yeah, yeah. he knows he's kind of got away with it. Yeah. He knows that ball crossed the bloody line. Um, so yeah, so that is that would have affected. It would have meant Champions League for Tottenham if that mm. goal had been given. So that's more of a Tottenham aspect. Yeah. Messi, of course, with the Champions League finals. Of course, yeah. he impacted everyone. This is a great one from Miles. He said, undoubtedly, David Hurst. Fergie clearly wanted him and Sheffield Wednesday refused to sell him, which mm-hmm. led them to getting Cantona instead, who I'm sure we'll chat about as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're, we've got a couple of, we're spanning a few generations mm-hmm. here, which will be yeah. good. So I can, I can uh, help you guys out with uh, some of the 90s references that occur as time goes on. Uh, one or two more. Alan Shearer, maybe. Yeah. One that's of the main reasons Blackburn won the league. Yeah. He also chose to move to Newcastle off, uh, over them. If he goes to Man United... There's another Champions League there, is there not? I think he, if he goes, he'll be seen as, as well. Is that Van Nistelrooy a problem? Yeah. Yeah. He was hanging in by yeah. the... Yeah, no, Actually, no, no, no. I think Van Nistelrooy would have been okay. I yeah? Think been okay. yeah. I think we even sign him if we have Alan Shearer, though. Yeah. Yeah, but Shearer was coming towards... Yeah, he was still actually... So he was done by... Yeah, his last big year was, like, I think it was like 2004. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Van Nistelrooy was or one or two. Yeah. No, Van Nistelrooy came yet or one or two, yeah. I think Van Nistelrooy doesn't happen, man. I don't think so, man. I think because we already have him... Solskjaer's still in the background. Yeah, but then, you know, that's we that's when we started revamping from Dwight York, Andy Cole. We had to move them on. Mm. So either way, they would have been moved on, you know. Do, the, the, the real question is, do we sign Dwight York, Andy Cole, if Alan Shearer's coming? That's more of the impact, Ooh. not Ranistory. Is well, you've, Dwight already, York? you've already got Andy Cole. Do we have Dwight York? No. Do we get Teddy? We had Teddy. We had Teddy. No, we didn't have no, Teddy. No, didn't. We didn't. So have you would have, yeah, Teddy? you wouldn't have signed Teddy. So does Munich happen? The ripple effect. That's the ripple effect. A lot of people talk about referees. Just like cards and, you know, put your weapons down. Do, have you had moments where you go, we've got away with that? Last night. Last night. You spotted my link, have you? How on earth have you got away with that? Yeah. Hey, the spirit of t- uh, Howard Webb still lives on. <laughs> oh, man. Fergie was in the booth. We saw him, you there know what I mean? Go. So maybe he had still impact. There's loads of times. He gave the though, nod, you know? didn't he? Yeah, yeah. How is that not a penalty? Yeah. That short, though, like in terms of how disappointing Man United kind of were in the game, but getting the victory, you can forget about that, right? So yeah. that that could have a huge like effect on the rest of your season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we lost that first game, I'm telling you today, we would have sort of signed three players, bro. That's, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah, my United operate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so spat there. Yeah, yeah, so we would have activated Emirates release clause. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it exist. So, I mean, we, yeah, there's been a, a few times we get away with it, but as everyone else does, you know, everyone uh, else does. We're going to go down memory lane, obviously, with this. But I did want to just ask you, who would you say are the most sort of impactful players for this current Man United side? Who do you think's the most important? And actually kind of, who do you think is going to be the most important next season? Because one thing I think is going to occur next season, I think next year is the year where it's like an unbelievable title race. Hmm. Not this year. I think next year. Are United involved in it? Possibly. I think they need, obviously they need to improve. But you know, they they have all the elements to a point you know, you've got a good coach there that I don't want to go against because I think he's a smart guy. The way he wants to play is, you know, is fluent, it's mm-hmm. quick, mm. it's going to hurt teams. I can't lie, I think we're further away than people think. 
I'll I think you're hurting after yesterday. No, I'll be real. I'm, I'm pessimistic though. In fact, on SDS, everyone thinks I'm. That's a, good to know. Every, every, you, is yeah, that yeah, your yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I, I think it's realistic. People will say it's pessimistic, yeah, but yeah, yeah, people on on SDS will go as far as saying I'm an Arsenal fan. To be honest, there, with you. You know, there's a phrase: if you want to be right, be a pessimist. There you go. So that's why I'm always so right. You're always right. <laughs> <laughs> are you, that's good to know, though. What are you? I'm, I'm similar. I mean, some I get accused that I'm a Liverpool fan, Chelsea fan, Arsenal fan. So I was like, no so, one will ever accuse me of being a Liverpool. Yeah, fan. but the thing is, like, I just say what's on my mind, didn't it? And and what. I see, you know, of course, you naturally, you know, you, you're hopeful for certain situations. But when it comes to my United after the last 10 years, how much you can't really be a super hopeful because we always get let ourselves down. So, yeah, I think you've got to like sometimes you got to be sort of taken by the wave. Like, I think that's OK. Yeah, of course. And then again, especially like in terms of kind of what we do, where you've got to put your opinion out there a lot of the time. You've got to feel OK with it, I think. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to kind of get some trouble because yeah. mm-hmm. you will have that people will have both opinions on whatever that of comes course, out of your mouth, of right? Uh, but yeah, back to that question then. So who do you think are, who are the key guys over the next? So you, uh, back in the day, there was a game called Championship Manager mm-hmm. and there would be like three players that were highlighted mm-hmm. and they were like your best three players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who would who would you say are the three most impactful players for the next two, three years? Uh, I would say Rashford. Uh, Rashford has to be because especially... Is he him? Are we there now? I'm not sure. Still you probably believe him. No, I don't know if he's him. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. He has to be though. Him. That's why he he has he yeah, must he, be. Someone needs to be him. Yeah, he must be. Bump a new contract after a great season. He has to be. You know, mm-hmm. like when you look at the inside forwards of today's game, they score goals and stuff. Yeah. He's got to be that you guy. The contract United. they just gave him. Yeah, you're not. That's what I mean. You're not. You're not twenty no more. Twenty one, twenty two. Rashford is twenty five, turning twenty six. Mm-hmm. You're you're in an attacker's peak now. Prime. Sorry, you're entering. Your prime. So from now, 25 to 30, 31, he needs to be all guns blazing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he has to. He has to be one, of, one of your three. Yeah, he's one of the names, yeah. Especially when you look at the United's attack. I mm-hmm. think that that's more about what we don't have than what we do have. And that's what elevates Rashford's importance even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruno. I, I think Bruno is going to be in there no matter what. Whether you like him, whether you hate him. I think he's the one who divides opinion the most. Mm. But I think even yesterday, I just sums up Bruno. Yeah, however much he frustrates you, the goal almost always ends up coming from him. And mm-hmm. I think, given United's uh, build up, their their structure, the way they look, he is so influential to, to whatever they do. What do you think about him as uh, as uh, a captain? Because I was thinking about him and thinking, yeah, I, I think he's got ninety percent of what you want as a captain. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the ten percent is the most important bit, which when, is yeah. I think when when things are going wrong, can he? Does he, you know, does he bring together and galvanize, yeah, or will he, will he blow it up? Uh, yeah. I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my concern. But it. he, you know, people mature, and I think maybe that might mm. be the thing that that kind of can come from him. But mm. that's like part of the he will never quit trying things, yeah. mm. and that sounds like a terrible sentence because it is. But it's like he's he's not ashamed to keep going and keep going, and that mm. will get you those mm. those points mm. at times. So you've got to love that about him. I just, yeah, I mean, I think there will be a moment this season. Mm. Well, we'll find out either. Oh, yeah, okay, you're there now, yeah. or you still you still haven't got it under control yeah, yet. Yeah, I would um, say probably Onana. I'd probably say Onana. That's got to be now when we'll be talking about for the next ten years. That's got to be a place that's secure for the next at least five to ten years. You know, what I mean, we're gonna have a goalkeeper that's in there, that's solid, that's solidified, and judging by his character, he seems like he wants to be one of the three most important players of the club anyway already. By the way he speaks, the way he comes out and tries to claim the ball. Yes, against Wolves, he might have overdid it at one point, but what did he do straight after? Next cross that came in, he caught it. Thank you very much. Three points, see you later. So mm. he's got this kind of 
attitude about him that he wants to be that. So I'm going to put Onana in there. Um, Bruno, he's the captain, so I guess so. But I don't know, man. I can see things turning for Bruno soon. Like, yeah, honestly, yeah. I, I think like Bruno I is amazing. Great, yeah. I think Bruno, well, I don't think he's amazing. I was actually. Say, you definitely no, don't, I don't think, think he's amazing. amazing. <laughs> I just said that for some reason. But I think Bruno is very impactful, as we're saying, to Manchester United at the moment because a lot of things go through him. But I still think if Manchester United want to get to the level of winning Premier Leagues, we have to find a way of not reducing Bruno's importance, but you can't go through him consistently. Because one, I don't think he's at that level of player. He's not a KDB. He's not like that for me. And two, you just need other people around to support it. So in a way, yes, Bruno, a good season for Bruno, what I would want, I don't mind seeing him get seven, eight goals, 10 assists, and that's cool. But every single season, we're walking away saying, oh, Bruno got 30 goals and assists. Oh, yeah, but Man United are fifth. But Man United are seventh. To be fair, though, last season was, was kind of what you're alluding to, bro. But he I don't got think third, he was... and I think his stats were actually probably the worst, mm -hmm. uh, if you want counting numbers. And it was his best season last yeah, year. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was his best season last year. Yeah. But at the same time, I just think... I just want to see if Man United do develop into this top side. I think Bruno's importance is going to reduce. That's, that's my mm -hmm. thing. But... I hear it. You know, maybe for a hipster reason, I might have to throw in like a Kobe Mainu, you know yeah, what I mean? Man. You know what I mean? I just just to him. be a hip hipster, I'm uh, going to put uh, Kobe Mainu like... I rolled my eyes when I, like, I, saw, I was reading it. I was like, okay, let me watch this guy. Mm -hmm. I was like, oof. He's, mm. He looks like he's 28 years old. Oh, yeah. I know it's another cliche, but yeah, he looks so far ahead of his mm -hmm. age. Crazy. What about Hoyland though? Yeah, he must. Yeah, yeah. That's another <laughs> thing. He must. I think there's a lot of players that need <laughs> things need to click. Things need to. There needs to be an element of growth there. Mason Mount's a really interesting one. I think mm. he needs. He's he could be great. Yeah. He. It feels like there's a thing. I think it's just like the four C's, right? And one leads to another. Like, so if your confidence is low, it means you struggle to concentrate and you don't commit. And that's another, another, another one. I might have to take yeah, that. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. learning. Okay, yeah. but like, like you, that one. you know, like you know, when you're confident, yeah. you like you, you just you get the ball, you ping it, you don't yeah. think, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So sure. you commit, you like you don't ever think about stuff. And I think Mason Mount's kind of what he's gone through in the last year, and what he's great at is being smart and playing quickly, mm. and then and and because of the great coaching that he's had, like technically he's really strong mm. and all those things. But he's not um, he's not got that snarl that mm. that Bruno Fernandez has. So I think he's like a little bit meek at the moment, mm. and I think he just needs to like get start like feeling himself yeah. a little bit. Yeah. There's also that like that pressure of having that seven shirt. Like mm. you know, you spoke about Man United. There's a mentality that you need to be able to thrive at Man United. Like mm -hmm. as much as like the pundits like ram it down the throat of of the players, and it's mm. difficult to get out of that shadow. It is it is a reality, like for sure. And Mason Matt, like if he takes ten goals and. Ten mm -hmm. assists, then you'll you'll be happier about mm -hmm. Bruno. Yeah. I think if that all like comes together, but there's a lot of pressure. On I th him. I think he signed for the wrong club. I'm a big Mason Mount fan, but I'll keep saying it. I think Liverpool and Arsenal are both better destinations for what they need and for for where he fits in. I, I'm not Ten Hag. I, I back the manager. I back whatever he, he's looking for. But I think United needed someone who is more like adept, deeper, yeah. and, and better at high volume touches, high volume passer, mm. rather than what Mason Mount is. I, I like him as a player. I think he's very underrated, and I think he's kind of been made a scapegoat the last few seasons. But I think there were other teams that needed him more. The problem, the, you know, oh, the problem, <laughs> the problem is that I think, and it's a typical Manchester United thing, is the fact that we're having to have a discussion that where does Mason Mount fit in, or it's because Man United always seem to only sign one 
Why does it have to be one? I've been saying all summer and even before before the season ended, Man United need three centre midfielders. True. We need three centre midfielders. We need three centre midfielders. We need but three we know centimeters. where he plays, don't we? No, but I'm talking I about... Know. I mean, people are already talking about, okay, if we bring someone else in, Mason Mount's going to be dropped or whatever this is. My thing is, yes, I fully agree. Mason Mount is the probably the wrong profile if we're going to sign one centre mid. Mm. If we're going to sign one centre mid, we need someone that can get the ball in the first phase, control the game, not a Mason Mount. But the, the the thing about it is sign more centre midfielders. And I know it's Chelsea have done it. Liverpool signed two. You can do it. It's not something that's unachievable. But Man United are going to mm. just sign Mason Mount. And then we're going to be asking him to do things that he has never done in his career. And then it's going to turn out. I think out, there's a few things to he play here, right? So first of all, FFP for Man United, like they've not sold players, right? So that's the thing. Like, you need to sell some guys to allow you to spend a little bit more money to go and get loads yes. of those players in. So that's that's a big part of it. Second of all, we spoke about this on the last podcast, that kind of dual role of, of every player now. That needs to occur, right? So Bruno Fernandes is someone who does, like, want to go and sort it out. There's, there's an opportunity for him to go and get the ball a little bit more. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity to mount to go and do that uh, as well. And again... Mount can play as an eight, he can play as a 10, he can play out wide on the left as well. So again, all those things can like, can be the same thing. Mm -hmm. Last thing I'd say is that in terms of a player that could allow you to play quick in transition, you might still be missing that player, but he can help facilitate mm -hmm. and make things happen quickly because mm -hmm. that is the greatest skill that people don't talk about ever is being in the right space and doing it quick, doing yeah. something quickly. And I do think Mason Mount has that about him. I agree with you. He's not... He's not him either. Like yeah. he's not the guy yet. <laughs> yeah. But I think he. I also think he's got the intelligence to have. The thing that if he'd gone to Liverpool, he could. What he could have done is he, it could have been about his work rate, and that could have been a part of his right, like exactly. superpowers. Yeah. And just like where McAllister is right now, you put Melton there, works perfect. Yeah, yeah, and and same with Arsenal. You know, he can he could have done all the roles that yeah, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Um, but I think I guess he's going to get that game time. Him and Bruno Fernandez need to be mates. Yeah, like, yeah. needs to like that. Someone needs to work there along with Hoyland. Get Rashford mm -hmm. on the left hand side. Then I think you've got. I to... just worry is Casemiro on an island by himself, man. <laughs> the guy the looked problem. like he aged fifty years just off the last ninety minutes. Well, he came back a bit, like he uh, had a bit. So it's, and he, the thing is, it's <laughs> funny because Cas isn't it? Casemiro actually had a decent game yesterday. He was actually yeah. a, one of our better players. On the players. ball, definitely. Yeah. So just off of it, yeah. Off it, he's, what can he yeah, do? So he's you on know? an island, yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's down to Ten Hag. He's got to make it work because mm -hmm. we're trying to play the pressing tens. But if you're not on organized press and you you got a man on an island. Then we're gonna concede a lot, and it happened all preseason. We were getting transitioned over. So yesterday is a good example. I mean, we made Cunha look like and Mateus. <laughs> he Nunes, looked unbelievable. Yeah, they looked like was... bro. I was like, but he did Whoa. have space to attack. You're right. Yeah, he looked like Benzema yesterday. Literally, like it was unbelievable. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, so, so we need to. If that was Man City, Liverpool, was like, bro, that could be six, seven again. Yeah, true. And I guess the final, you're always gonna to go to that. Uh, that element of Casemiro being being older, like if that's Declan Rice in that spot, mm. he can cover that ground. Yeah, like he yeah, eats yeah, up yeah. that ground so much. Yeah, so you yeah, don't yeah. Ha you don't have that, right, guys? You are listening to the Ripple Effect. Uh, after this, you will hear about the most impactful eleven ever when it comes to Man United. Oof. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. 
Right, get your teams out. Get your teams Ooh. out. And oh, by the way, if you hear like thudding, it's Cam getting passionate about his points. <laughs> <laughs> so this sound, maybe you can hear it, maybe you can't. Yeah, he That's Cam. Me, I go. That's Cam. Cam. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I got. Do you know what, this was horrible, right? So I did this 24 hour ripple effect, right? Yeah. In, in happening. Uh, we did this 24 hour challenge thing and we needed to do videos in between. Mm. And after a while, so <laughs> Nabade, who I was doing this thing with, he, he said, Oh, you do this a lot? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> so true, if you can't see, true. you need to get on Spotify and watch us exclusively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I did a sort of two fingers and then kind of drawing a sort yeah. of round circle, let's say. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but I, I use my hands a lot, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. so much. When and I'm doing interviews, I clap my hands as well. So I'm talking to people, I'm like, Yeah, so, but so the, what, what you got to mean is just that. <laughs> Right. Me, I'm like doing building blocks. I'm like, Is yeah, this, this, this. I'm yeah. rapping basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot of this. I'm picking blocks up and I'm moving them. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of this. And anyway, it became a thing. So then they go, all right, guys, okay, can you stop talking? Can, we, can you do the thing now? And I'm like, yeah. So I just went for it. I went big, big with the hands. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to laugh, actually, there's a there's a tweet or there's a video of me interviewing Scott Parker. And I do a piece to camera before. Mm. Watch the piece to camera and put it on mute. It looks like I'm rapping. Yeah. <laughs> like, Put some Eminem over it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, uh, goalkeepers. Here, uh, we're going to drop in some ripple effects along the way because these are impactful players. Uh, let me know yours on Twitter at uh, James Alcott. A double L C O double T. Peter Schmeichel feels like the obvious goalie uh, for this team, and it's probably for any Man United team. Mm. It's hard to think about any others. It'd be interesting to see if there's anyone else that kind of that springs to mind. I was going to say the only other one, if you want to go off like outside of Man Do United. I love it. Go. I might say Manuel Neuer because I think Manuel Neuer has probably single-handedly made David De Gea Nolan Void. Honestly, like him coming into the mm. game and kind of introducing this new style sure. of goalkeeping, sweeping, being imposing from the back. It's not like it was something new, right? We saw it with Schmeichel. He was kind of that build. But then you include as well the, the ability to basically be the first line of attack from the back. Mm. I think it has completely nullified right. David De Gea and, yeah. and led them now to ultimately where we are, Andre Onana. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a good one, especially that we tried to sign him. Yeah. Remember, true, we tried true. to sign him in 2011. Yeah, I've seen Van der Sar. Mm. And let me tell you why, Van der Sar, right? So I had <laughs> Shem- to be fair, his I had Shemichael, <laughs> yeah. I had Shemichael because I do think Shemichael is yeah. one of Ferguson's best signings um, ever. By far. However, we could not replace Shemichael for a long period. We went through Taibi, Taibi went through Tim Howard, Roy, Roy Carroll, yeah. Fabian Bartes. Yeah, that position was absolutely dire mm-hmm. until Edwin Van der Sar came to the team. And... That coincided with Manchester United's resurgence, True. which then coincided with Manchester United's most successful period ever, more than Peter Schmeichel. So I think but where's Van der Sar, I mean, you if you're talking go, about impact... So you want to go ripple effect too, the Roy Keane thing? Yeah, hang on a minute though. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're, you're missing the... You don't have Van der Sar if you yeah. don't have Schmeichel. Yeah, well, there's true. pioneers... Yeah. Okay, first, the chicken or the egg? That's what yeah. I'm <laughs> no, no, there's no chicken or the egg. This is chronological. <laughs> Schmeichel or Van der Sar? <laughs> the, 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 initial, the initial pebble here yeah. is Schmeichel, man. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's that. No, that is 100% right. Yeah, yeah. And I think Schmeichel is the better goalkeeper as well. But I just think... Van der Sar kind of saved us at a point, man. Like it was, it was scary, man. I mean, it was scary. Van der Sar was—he's not the ripple. He's the like imagine like a imagine like a, a symbol or something, and it's the sound, right? He's the guy who comes and just just holds it. He's <laughs> yeah, stopped, yeah. It's the opposite. <laughs> it's, it's the opposite. Well, right? We consider the ripple effect. Yeah, I don't know. Can someone let me know? <laughs> the stilling that's gonna, effect. That's gonna be our pod. Yeah. <laughs> 
the stilling effect. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. We can go Schmeichel. No, I agree. Schmeichel. I had Schmeichel down, yeah, to be honest. So Schmeichel created the Kevin Keegan meme. This is a bit of a stretch, but stay with us. In the season of I Will Love It If We Beat Them, 95, 96. Uh, this is when QPR got relegated, which is heartbreaking. Uh, Newcastle had a tw- got relegated on my birthday. Wow. Damn. Yeah, that hurt. Newcastle had a 12-point lead over Man United at one point, but by the time the Newcastle versus Man United fixture rolled around, the lead was cut down to four points. In this match, Schmeichel was a joke, yeah, an absolute joke. Joke. He had one of the matches of his life, saving multiple shots from Les Ferdinand in the first 10 minutes, who we'd sold. QPR had sold for £6 million. We didn't <laughs> invest correctly. Uh, the game went on to be a 1-0 victory f- uh, for Man United. Eric Cantona scoring the goal gets a lot of the plaudits, but Schmeichel's heroics... Uh, were the main reason for the victory and that then led to that of course meme of I will love it if we mm. beat them which became what we know as it is today Schmeichel's impact doesn't stop there this is I think this is the better ripple effect from Schmeichel and it's not really Man United but Leicester don't win Leicester don't win the Premier League if it's not for, <laughs> without a seed without the seed without <laughs> the penis of, without that the penis of Peter Schmeichel Leicester City there should be a TIFO a giant TIFO of, of Peter Schmeichel's Burnt penis, because we've all heard the Nicky Butt story. Oh, well, I haven't heard the story. You're <laughs> <laughs> not? Hey, you must be a scholar of the game. You don't hey, know the Nicky Butt story. Scholar of the game. <laughs> there be, uh, right, now, okay, hear me out. There should be a TIFO at Leicester City Stadium, the king power of Peter Schmeichel's burnt penis. <laughs> wow. Because Nicky Butt did, there was a story that Nicky Butt, uh, there used to be like a teapot, and yeah. he got a spoon, put it in there, and then popped it on. Wow, Peter Schmeichel's uh, penis and, and footballers Peter are tab, did not, Yeah, they're tab. Yeah, no need yeah. for that. No need for that. Cr- and, and let's not forget, there's uh, no treble. You know, with the save, there's no Giggs goal. Yeah. The most one of our most iconic the goals. Save. Yep, yep, yep. There's yep, no yep. Ryan Giggs goal. That that iconic throwing that around, we'll never have seen that without Peter Schmeichel saving Dennis Bergkamp's penalty. Him, in the, in him the and Oliver Kahn, in terms of like a goalkeeper being able to take a team somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's I can't really think of anyone else. He won, he, 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 he won the he won the. And Neuer had so much quality around him like that. That Germany team with yeah. Oliver Kahn was. But I'll tell you. Let me tell you. I remember Algeria Germany like it was yesterday, <laughs> and bro, we went through on goal so many times that every single time this monster of a man mm. just comes out. Mm. It, it was crazy, man. The aura that he had is nuts. And they won the Euros. They won the '92 Euros. That's Denmark, it. Yeah. True, without true. Michael Lodrup. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. and Schmeichel, unbelievable. Yeah, what was he doing? Mm. Change your mind. Yeah. Uh, so Schmeichel goes and go, I think, for me, because as I say, he is the ripple effect, not the stilling effect. <laughs> that was Edwin van der Sar. <laughs> right, uh, right backs, which I mean, people don't normally say that word yeah. <laughs> said like that, do they? We don't like. But we're actually excited to talk about right backs uh, because I think you had an interesting point that you yeah, wanted to make yeah. about. I've got Gary Neville in this team, mm-hmm. which we'll get into the reasons for. But right backs for you, it's bit of a sore point yeah I mean I was I was talking to you guys before for as long as I've been watching United there's never that's probably the one position that's never been firmly established because when I started watching Gary Neville was the injuries had kind of caught up to him I think at that point he'd almost given up the armband as well and you had him one season 0708 it was Wes Brown 0809 it was John O'Shea Rafael came into the team at one point we converted Valencia into right back Darmian and now Juan Bissaka and Dalo there's never been one guy but I was speaking to Cam about this earlier because I told him I was like well this is crazy he said Gary Neville kind of works because Gary Neville was kind of the the picture of, he's not sensational, he's not brilliantly talented, but he was just the picture of of consistency, even with as limited of a footballer as he was. And that kind of led into John O'Shea, who was a bit similar, Wes Brown, who was a bit similar. Do they happen? Is Ferguson willing to allow that kind of role to be given to a player like that without Gary Neville in the first place? Right. I think, George, just for people that didn't really see Gary Neville play, one thing, so two things. 
Not not in terms of playing different positions, but you know how Aspilicueta was like? He's just steady. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steady. Yeah, yeah. That, that was Gary Neville. The other thing about Gary Neville that people forget was, so when Gary Neville burst on the scene, there's a reason why he played in that in Euro 96. And he actually he does a fantastic cross for Alan Shearer in mm-hmm. the 2-0 win against Scotland. And he was kind of known for being one of the best crossers of the ball. Yeah. That was his thing. Like, he bombed down that right-hand side. Yeah. You know, it was a different game then, so you're not dribbling too much. But he would put in great cross yeah. after great cross. That was his thing. One thing that really hurt his career, but also probably helped his career, maybe, it's up for debate, David Beckham turned up. Yeah. Who's, like, the best crosser of the ball <laughs> of all time, time yeah. right? <laughs> so I remember seeing him against, I think it was, like, Olympiacos in the Champions League once and Gary Neville was so it was such a boring role for him Mm. because the the brilliance of David Beckham was the fact that if you were watching the game and then okay the ball's making its way around this side and then you'd look Beckham was already in the spot so that he didn't even really need to take a touch he could just go like put that whip on the ball Mm -hmm. and put it on the six yard line like he was unbelievable with that but Gary Neville's job was just to get it to him quickly. Mm-hmm. So Gary Neville spent the first couple of years, you know, having a bit of fun. And then once Beckham was really established, which was around kind of around 95, 96, he had yeah. um, he scored in the in the uh, the cup semi-final against mm-hmm. Chelsea. But he wasn't a sort of guaranteed starter. But that next season, he was mm-hmm. the guy and he scores the goal against uh, Wimbledon. But once that point had happened and you realise how good he was in terms of crossing ability, Gary Neville just spent eight years just playing five-yard yeah. passes. Mm-hmm. Poor blo- not poor bloke. I mean, it kind actually. of helped. Like, <laughs> yeah. And defensively, always very switched on. Yeah. Probably set the standards. Mm. As we know, like very busy. Just steady Eddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think he does get slept on a little bit yeah. because of what you're saying. It's like mm-hmm. no one's coming after him, mm-hmm. really, and, and, and sort of dominated that position. No. I also think he downplays his career a lot as Massively. well. You know, When you listen to him speak, he always wants to talk about how he wasn't the most yeah. talented. Failed I don't, no, no. center back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't good. I wasn't blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that, that, that's always something that doesn't help him as well. Do you know what I mean? Do you think the, there's a, a large amount of fortune for Gary Neville in this sense? Now, and look, he took his opportunity and that's what life's about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if he's playing for West Ham, he's just a solid right back, isn't he? Does he get? Yeah. Does he get Possibly, there? Yeah. Does he Possibly. get back up there? I think, I think it's tough. It, mm, I think it's. T- I think there's a lot of better. As we we're talking about ability, I think there's a lot yeah. of better fullbacks than him. So he would have. Didn't they want I, I think. I, I think Gary Neville would have been a steady Eddie at every single club he's at. But you know, sometimes the fact that he was an academy graduate, they are basically fast tracked in a way. They they got the the stimmy pack. For example, if if <laughs> I mean if. If McTominay, let's say, for example, was on the market, would Man United sign him? No, we wouldn't. Because no. he's a, gradu- a graduate, you're like, okay, we can that's make true. a... Mm-hmm. How, so I think that's the same thing with Gary and the, Neville. Sure, the England caps, that's part of that as well. Like, how many players have we seen get England caps and then when they leave one of the established teams, mm-hmm. you, you never again? see them play yeah, yeah, yeah. play again. Yeah, like, well, well <laughs> I mean, Gary Neville was good for his era as well, innit? Like, because you think about the guys in that time, who was it? Um... Lee Dixon and, yeah, and stuff like that. They're all pretty yeah, much yeah. in the same ilk, isn't it? You know yeah, I mean? Nigel sure. Winterburn, all these type of guys, they're all in the same ilk. And so I think Gary Neville, he deserves to be where he is. And I think he should talk up his career a little bit more personally. I've read his book as well. He's his book's great. Yeah, really, good book. really, really good book. Really, really good book. I was actually shocked to find out that when we did the Mastermind finale, the, one of the questions was how many of the most appearance makers in the Premier League can you name? Like the mm-hmm. top 40. 
He wasn't even in the top 40, bro. Mm. There were players that I would... Like, Azpilicueta has made more appearances in the Premier League than Gary Neville. Right, so wow. what's the, so I would never have imagined wow. it. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. got to think about it. From about 2005, Gary Neville's time was very limited. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so he when I started came in... Yeah, 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 four right. years of like pretty much... When we won playing. the Champions League, he didn't... I think he made one appearance. There we go. Then in 07, 08. Barely, yeah. barely appeared. Yeah, goes, yeah, man. yeah. He was kind of done by that. Mm. So here's a ripple for you. David Beckham uh, is who uh, created the Gary Neville we know today. When Beckham was England captain, it's well documented that he would shift a lot of the duties onto Gary Neville, <laughs> such as going into the manager's office when the team wanted something, for example. And actually, I think the players went on strike at one point and he was the big sort of leader of that. Yeah, or doing dull jobs, uh, such as sorting out which players' families wanted tickets, matches. Mm. Wow. Um, so in all sense of the world, Gary Neville was a workhorse and um, also represented his peers. There's lots of stories about that as well. Flash forward to today and we know Gary Neville not only as a pundit, but someone who challenges the government and is very vocal about his politics. This role could have all stemmed from David Beckham making him his lackey. Oh, <laughs> that's his best man. His best yeah, man, real, his man. Really? Yeah, the best yeah. man. Now you want to go to war with Gary Neville. That's, yeah, that's a guy sure. you want by your side. Uh, Gary Neville. Uh, yeah, he's the most impactful pundit. I definitely yeah, think so. Definitely. What do you think? I, I, do you know what? He lost me yesterday a little bit for the first time. I, I was chatting to Joe Tomlinson uh, about this and Joe Joe really likes, thinks Jamie Carragher is fantastic. Yeah, yeah I do. And um, I, if things drop, uh, the pers- first person I want to hear is Gary Neville, I'll be honest. Mm. But they did their predictions yesterday and um, he picked, he did his relegation ones and he picked Bournemouth and he said, why have you picked yeah. Bournemouth? And he went, well, which is one of four, isn't it? And I was yeah, like, that's not the attitude. You can't do that on that's, TV. That, yeah, that yeah. is not the attitude. <laughs> he thinks he's on the podcast. He thinks he's on SDS. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, I think he sort of, there was a little crack there of like, you know, you your life as a player has been yeah. about the top top teams, yeah, right? Yeah. Before that, as a Man United fan, it was probably a similar like vibe. And so now as a pundit, oh, you're not really, I'm not sure you're doing the due diligence mm, on yeah. the other teams. And I, I think Jamie Carroll might do a little bit of that. To be yeah. fair though, as I say, in terms of impact, you know, Gary Neville was doing a lot. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's the yeah. main man when it comes to Salford City, despite mm. them all being owners in terms of the class of 90. He doesn't have time mm. to think of Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't have time to give us a like, yeah. give me a better answer. I think he was a bit tired. Like, he was getting a bit grumpy. Yeah. It was like nearly 11 o'clock. By <laughs> Take what point. you can get. <laughs> but like, I do, I, I really like listening to Gary Neville. So yeah, I don't mm. want to totally hammer him. Just give, you know, do your reading yeah. on, the, on, the, on the lesser club. Uh, so that's your right back. Uh, no one else, right? No, no options, no, no. right? Okay. Uh, centre-backs. I got my two. I got mine, or have I got a well. three? I think I've got a three, four, three here. Uh, you said Kai, no, tell me what we've got, but we can we can mix it up. It doesn't matter. Um, Steve Bruce. I didn't have him. Okay, I was that was my slash, but I took him out. You took for, him out. I've got Yapstam, and I've got Rio Ferdinand. Okay, I, I got Those, Rio, Rio and Vida. Yeah, I got Yapstam because I think Yapstam is probably our best ever centre half. Um, Unbelievable, unbelievable player, legend, nice a legend of the game. Three seasons, three ti- three titles, and a treble. Mm. Thank you very much. Good night. You know what I mean? I was, I write a little thing in the book and I get sold. <laughs> Whatever. I'll go to that. Was similar. weird. Yeah, like, every time it's like, yeah, like chill out, Alex. <laughs> I just think we're talking about impact. What's the word we're saying? Impact. Yeah. That is impact yeah, yeah, yeah. to to a T. Yep, Stan. Mm. And is there? Is there that, um, well, there is always going to be a Nemanja Vidic, but listen, he's basically mini Stam, you know? That's mini Stam. Yep, Stam was a level above Nemanja Vidic. 
You know that, right? Uh, look, you know that, right? I think Vidic. You know that, right? Let me say this on Vidic, right? I think Vidic is becoming now the most disrespectful. No, Vidic is no, amazing. No, he no, I but I think him. most people that watch the game today and that maybe didn't get the chance to watch Vidic, mm-hmm. they look at ball playing center backs mm-hmm. and can you carry from the back? And Vidic isn't really that guy. But nah. you want to talk about impact? Mm-hmm. Look at where United were defensively before he came mm-hmm. and where they were in the league before he came. I think they had gone three years about the league. And defensively, it was always Rio paired with Sylvester or, or Wes Brown. There was never like a, a consistent pairing. And defensively, they were hurt. Mm. He came in, bro, and they immediately became the best defensive team in the league where Chelsea were there. Let's mm-hmm. not forget uh, JT and, and Ricardo Carvalho. You finally had the perfect foil for Rio, mm-hmm. who we all have for obvious reasons. Mm. And defensively, they, they became arguably the best defensive team in the world. Mm. You have that record where, uh, what was it, v- Van der Sar, Rio, and, and Vidic, I mm-hmm. think, had the clean sheet record for a certain yeah, amount of minutes. Yeah, yeah. But Vidic was probably the guy who was most there more often. I think Carrick even played center half some of them games and Van Fetcher. But Vidic was the guy in that in that yeah. defense. I think he completely changed just the mentality back there for Man United. And then of course, uh two thousand eleven, where they go all the way to the Champions League final, I'm of the belief he was the best center back on yeah. the planet those days. So I think Vidic is is massively underrated. Ain't that these days. the what you said to me about Van der Sar? Ain't that the stimming <laughs> effect? Yeah the, the stilling effect. The stilling yeah, effect. Yeah. No but I think he he came into a point where United needed somebody Van a rock in the back. Vanessa was there before uh, Vidic. Yeah, he, he was there the season before, before Vidic. Yeah. Mm. No, no, no. Vidic came in January. Vidic no, Vanderstar Van was there oh, when five. Roy Keane was there, bro. Yeah, yeah, because oh, Van der Sar was actually the reason why Roy Keane lashed out on television, basically. No, no, no. That was Darren. That was Darren Fletcher. No, but v- Vanderstar, I think, is the one who complained about it. Oh, Van der Sar okay, was there okay. with Roy Keane. Vidic came. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so there you go. I don't want to snitch in my team. Yeah, I want, yeah, I want snitch Nemanja. back with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought it was an. Oh, when, when did came, Roy Keane? Roy Keane left out by the club at 05 06. It was the beginning of 05 06. Yeah, think. yeah. So Van der Sar signed in 05. Because I'm mm, sure Van der Sar right, signed right. in 05. Let's we're get consulting. this. Consulting. I don't even know why we're back on Van der Sar anyway. Because yeah, we were talking about Vidic versus oh, oh, Van der Sar's info. Didn't Van der Sar sign in 05? I think that, uh, 05 05 or 06 05 yeah, to 11 Vidic is 06 or 07 no? Yeah, no Vidic is 05-06 he came in January he came in January with Ever didn't he yeah come mm, on man yeah, yeah. the dates you are starting there. to blur a little bit you weren't there man <laughs> 05, yeah, 05, yeah. 05 I wasn't there you're right <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you're yeah. both wrong because the uh, the answer is Steve Bruce again <laughs> so so right the thing with Steve Bruce again I think this is great because like I could, we can provide a bit of history mm-hmm. with this as well because the f- that first that nineteen ninety three that first title does kind of it just it's the catalyst yeah it does mm-hmm. open the gates a lot of the time and there's there was a game against Sheffield Wednesday now Man United the year before had thrown away the league um, they should have won it in ninety one ninety two but Leeds United won it uh, deservedly so before Leeds United fans get uh, angry but it was kind of because Man United sort of drew a couple of games lost a couple of games and uh, Leeds United pounced. Lee Chapman, I think mm-hmm. it was. Anyway, the, there was all this pressure on them to win it. And there was a game against Sheffield Wednesday. And <laughs> there's a few things here. So first of all, I think there was like 12 minutes added on when they look, kind of look back on it. <laughs> also, if you want a player, uh, if you want a player that didn't play for Man United that created a ripple effect, if we're allowing the two goals, basically, that Steve Bruce scored in um, in injury time. Mm-hmm. And now as I'm thinking about, maybe it was eight minutes, maybe it wasn't 12, but he scores two headers as a centre-back in a game they need to win at Old Trafford mm. when they're 1-0 down. Um, but there's a player called Nigel Worthington who's on the post. 
Go and find it on YouTube. Why does he like stare? He doesn't yeah, move yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, I remember no, exactly. No. <laughs> you know, he's like, it's, he's there on the post. Yeah, he's there like, on the post for a yeah, reason. He's like leaning on it. Yeah, he's, he's like... leaning on the post and he just sort of like lets it just go past him. And mm, he's Fergie. obviously on the take. He's obviously <laughs> on the take. It's a pact. Um, I found the tweet I wanted. The, this is the evidence for Vidic. I, I had a tweet from a while back. Like I said, Vidic is, is one of my favorites. Uh, Man United didn't win the league for three years straight before Vidic came. They subsequently won it five times out of seven. The only two years they didn't win it, Vidic played 25 games or less. In that period, he won player of the season twice, made fifth pro world 11 twice, and Premier League team of the season four times. Player of the season's interesting. I wouldn't have thought you, you know, that's always always an interesting one where it's like, where actually when the fans actually vote for it, it's Mm. not always the striker. Mm. It's not always that centre midfielder. So that's, that is really interesting. Mm. Yep, Stan, man. Yeah, Stan. We didn't win the league when he stand either, though, innit? Um, yeah. That was the Arsenal 98 team. They mm-hmm. won the league. Yep, Stan come in, three-peat, trebled. A three-peat had never been done at that point. A treble had never been done at that point mm-hmm. in England. And he was part of it. Then he gets sold. Um, and my Arsenal go and win the league. You guys got left right. So that means we should remove Neville yeah. then. Yeah, I, I don't mind. Removing Let's put Yastam, <laughs> Steve Bruce, and Rio Ferdinand. Get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> okay, right. So yeah, we've we've had a discussion because uh, right. it's a three diamond three that we've kind of got here. But it's good just to chuck out the names. Really, it's mm-hmm. not about the formation. I just yeah. do, did want to chuck out Duncan Edwards uh, mm-hmm. as well because people will be screaming if that doesn't happen. Dennis so Irwin, this is from uh, Jimmy Murphy, who's a former Wales manager and assistant manager of Matt Busby at Man United. So for those who don't know, um, Duncan Edwards was uh, passed away at the age of twenty-one, and I think in terms of Man United and their history. You know, there's a joke about you know fans from not from Manchester supporting them, but a huge part of those yeah. things sometimes is is things like that, and and that was such such huge news in 1958 when the Munich air disaster occurred, and the players that were lost. I think in terms of the quality of them, I think it's uh, Bobby Charlton said he was the only player that made him feel inferior. Mm. Um, when I used to hear Mohamed Ali proclaim that to the world that he was the greatest, I would always smile. The greatest of them all was a footballer named Duncan Edwards, was is a quote from uh, Jimmy Murphy. But passed away at 21, and I think just if, if you think about that, like you don't want to think about stuff like mm. that, right? But if something like that was occur now, mm. oh my word, an, an amazing player, uh, 18 appearances for, for uh, England, Kind of played as a sort of obviously it was different. He played as a left half, which is kind of like a wing back, defensive mid uh, winger, um, but could play absolutely everywhere. Mm-hmm. That was a sort of the myth around him, and those mythical players that they make the club. Yeah. That is one thing that's kind of sad these days. Is that like I can see a heat map on any player. Yeah, we have too much into access to, to everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean it makes us make better stuff, but yeah. it's also kind of you lose a bit of uh, mystique it's sometimes. Like, so I did yeah. want to just mention Duncan Edwards. Uh, did you have a left back just in case? Uh, I had Dennis Irwin. Same. Yeah. I had Dennis Irwin yeah. for the fact that uh, let's not, let's not forget we're talking about ripple effects, right? <laughs> or oh, no, we're not talking about ripple effects. We're talking about impact. It's kind of same thing. In the rim, yeah, same thing. We're talking about the impact. If you Dennis Irwin, because he was so good, he actually allowed Gary Neville to come through because he was actually the right back for Man United, and because he was so good, he could go to the left back. Wow. He came left back. Gary Neville came in, slotted into the team. So different. And how often did you used to see players playing on the other side? You know what I mean. Dennis Irwin, good on the ball, excellent on the ball, OG on the ball. Yeah, Yeah, literally an OG for attacking fullbacks. He could get crosses in, could score, decent set-piece taker. Ultimate ultimate player. And I just think because of the impact of him directly correlating to a a member of the class of 92 being a starter for Man United, I think that's massive. If he's he's English, 
I think like his, you know, star is much much oh, bigger. 100%. Very quiet man as well, it seemed. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, midfield. Here's a ripper for you. Mm. David Beckham. Now, David Beckham, when we were thinking of this idea, me and Kai were chatting about it, I was like, okay, I, I think I know what I want to do here. Who? What's an example I can send to Kai? And first name is David Beckham. In mm. terms of overall impact of the world of football, of mm-hmm. myself, of moments that I've enjoyed, all of that stuff, like outrageous, really. So David Beckham taking a pay cut to join LA Galaxy has redefined footballing history. When David Beckham moved to LA Galaxy at the age of 32, it was seen as a shock to many because he was still in his prime, just won the title with Real Madrid, featuring 23 times in La Liga, although it wasn't always that easy at Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was also a surprise when it came out that Beckham had taken a 70% wage cut to make the move. But this move changed everything, not only for David Beckham, but for football as a whole. Not only was Beckham given a huge chunk of the club's revenue, but he was also given the right to own an MLS franchise for just 21 million. Mm. In wow. 2000, and, you hyping me now. <laughs> ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in 2023, the average MLS franchise is valued at 490 million pounds now. Beckham's team into Miami is estimated closer to around the 600 mark. This wow. move meant that, the, uh, that his $6.5 million MLS salary has transformed into more than $500 million. And it doesn't stop there. This deal is what paved the way for Messi to join mm-hmm. MLS mm-hmm. because Lionel Messi is receiving a similar but better deal, which features a share in broadcasting rights with Apple, as well as shares uh, in absolutely everything associated with MLS. So without Beckham agreeing to this deal in 2007, Messi would likely be playing in Saudi Arabia this season. <laughs> Wow, that's a that's a crazy yeah. one. I mean, it's, it's it's hard to argue David Beckham. Um, There's even another one too uh, in terms uh, of ripple uh, effect. Do you want, I think so before we talk about him as a player, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, I was even going to say in terms of the transfer that he left, do we have Ronaldo without David Beckham? This is yeah, that's one. But I want to even go further. George Best. Now you're talking about everything that David Beckham did, right? We talk about how he married a Spice Girl, which kind of changed pop culture in, mm. in the UK. So David Beckham probably got, maybe I'll put Joe Best on the other side or something, but David Beckham had everything David Beckham pretty much did. George Best did. George Best even went to the, ML, well, he went to the North American Soccer yeah, League, yeah, yeah. right? But at the time, I guess it was kind of equivalent. So he actually went out there first and took his superstardom out there. Mm-hmm. He was dating models. Mm. And, I've and got said, such a great you know, quote on this. George right? Best, and he was... The original seven. So now, he, this mystique around this number it seven, him, yeah, it yeah. comes from Georgie Best. He mm. said, George Best says, they say I slept with seven Miss Worlds. I didn't. It was only four. I didn't turn up for the other three. <laughs> I just think, like, you know, Beckham did his thing, yeah. but it was kind of a continuity of what George Best was creating. Mm. And probably the mistakes of George Best as well, there right? There we go. So, in terms of that understanding of the business side of it, again, I think, like, you're not just yourself, you're the people you meet. And, and David Beckham has met some people that helped him out mm-hmm. but because like this whole vision for himself like maybe maybe he had this one in terms of i want my own mm. mls franchise he probably wasn't thinking about the numbers of it all i wonder if by that point messi had started and he was thinking oh, i wonder if in 20 years i can like because i know he's kind of <laughs> said that but in terms of like learning from the mistakes of the past george best and how he kind of you know navigated mm-hmm. playing and then not playing Things like that, like in a very sort of subtle way, 
you know the next set players yeah. like they're a bit smarter with their money and course, so on and so on and so you then have David Beckham yeah. who's you know got 600 mil in the yeah. bank yeah. because of that so I think you're, he's I think the first you're right. real the footballer iconic, celeb yeah he's yeah. the first one the but, iconic yeah. seven man like we're talking about impact to United the seven is like engraved in our history and George Best really I wouldn't say birthed it but he, he did, really, I think he did though yeah, he really I think George Best has to be in this team has to be in this team you know like Ronaldo taking the seven Beckham taking the seven like Cantona George Best was yeah. the one, you, you know. Start, that's it. Like I think that's this is the thing with. So in a lot of these kind Gosh, of teams, right? Yeah. yeah. In a lot of these Ballador, teams, yeah. you you focus on the, the sort of newer thing. Mm-hmm. Will will beat these older guys in these teams. But I think with this one, it's actually yeah. we're, it's we're good, starting good. to sort of yeah. understand how important those people yeah. are. And like you say, that that number seven shirt is not it's not important if mm-hmm. if George Best doesn't you know doesn't mm-hmm. wear it. So do we put George Best on the left, Beckham on the right? I'm okay so with that. So we're doing three, four, three. I think we're going. I don't know what formation we're, we're going. Got a three, bit of a diamond here. I four. think as long as we get to eleven players, we're gonna, <laughs> I think we're just having a, a bit of fun. We're almost like, playing yeah. a midfield of yours. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's try and do it though. So I think you have got to get Beckham in there on the right. Uh, let's yeah. run through the nominees and then we'll okay. figure out a formation for it. Ronaldo can go up front though. We can go on the wing on, on our three up front. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. So I, I think you're right. I, I think also so that lob against Wimbledon in terms of a, a moment that affects. The, the rest of your career. Oh. Mm-hmm. He became a superstar after that. Both and his crosses at 99. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Yeah. Taking that taking that corner. George, going back to Gary Neville. Gary Neville's over on the other side <laughs> and takes a throw. <laughs> yeah, he knows. And if, like, what was he doing over there? I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, if he doesn't score that crazy goal, I think he'd, he's still going to have a great career. But if he then gets with, obviously, a Spice Girl, and that might have happened anyway, and becomes a superstar, that leads to a lot of different things in his mm-hmm. life, both the sending off in 98, mm-hmm. a bit of a redemption to a point in 2000, where he's the best player in that team yeah. in what's a disappointing tournament. And then in time, he gets the, the armband. But do you know what? That goal against Greece. Oh. David Beckham. But that goal against Greece, if he's not the superstar that he is and isn't the captain that he is, if you watch it back or you hear about it, and I remember chatting to, uh, name drop here, I was a runner for Teddy Sheringham and it was such an amazing moment once for me, right? I walked into our green room and uh, it was for Al Jazeera Sport and they would show old games. And on the telly in the corner of the room, I walk in, Teddy Sheringham's just there with his arms crossed and he's just watching the Champions League, 99 Champions League final, mm, like, as it happens. Uh, and I'm like, it's pretty cool, man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, do you, don't mind watching that, dear. He went, I love it every time I yeah. watch it again and again. Yeah, so but uh, I remember chatting to him about that, the the Beckham goal. And he's he said, he said, that, like, he'd come on and he, I think he either wins the foul for it, but regardless, Beckham was unbelievable that game. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of dragging a yeah, team, yeah, yeah. that's one of the few ones. That will be an example that I would go to yeah. because Paul Scholes was a disgrace in that game. Mm-hmm. Gerard was a disgrace in that game. They were all absolutely awful. I've never seen anything like it. And in England, sure. I was going to say, I probably haven't quite a bit. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, for, for us just to get over the line, like what yeah. on earth? But Beckham wasn't having it. He was all over the place. He was possessed. Mm. But he had a few free kicks and they hadn't worked. Yeah. And Teddy Sheringham wanted that free kick. But Beckham was like, go away. Mm. And I don't think he has that. Like, if he, if all these things don't happen, yeah. I don't think he's got the gravity, you know, the power within the group yeah. mm-hmm. to take that free kick. And maybe they don't, maybe you don't get knocked out in the quarterfinals. Yeah. The thing, the craziest <laughs> thing, the f- craziest thing about that free kick is the where he went. I can't believe he went to the keeper's yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
Wow. The foul is so wow. soft, by the way. Wow. The wow. foul is an absolute I just think joke. Old Trafford as well. Yeah. It's all way. Oh my goodness. Every, the buzz cut. Yeah. Everything yeah. made sense. What was the commentary? Goes like, David Beckham. <laughs> that was, I was amazing. Like, I don't believe it. No, oh, special, special moment. Just man. for a draw as well. Man, yeah. we were so bad. We were so yeah. bad. Crazy. Uh, Bobby Charlton. I think we need to yeah. find a place for Bobby uh, in this. He played centre mid for us. Let though. me put. Let me. So we've got Bobby. I've got Roy Keane with a ripple here. We've got Ryan Giggs, and I had George Best. I got as Michael well. Carrick in mind. Um, mm. Impact. So, so who have you got? I have Michael Carrick in mind, but I. I That's I, such I, a hit. No, but let me let me tell you. Okay, no, but in terms of impact. Look no. at all the look at all the D, you want to talk about DMs the the the, mm-hmm. the holding six now who controls tempo from deep. First of all, for everyone who says Sir Alex got no tactics, oh it was all man management. Bear in mind he was the one who probably bought the first of that mold in England when everyone was trying to play four four two two midfielders that just do all the the jobs. He brought Michael Carrick in. People talk about Busquets, 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 Busquets is obviously clear of Michael Carrick, but. Do we do we have all these guys about Michael Carrick? No, that's do my question. Have these guys do we have, do we, is it as Let's popular? It. Is it as popular in England uh, about him, bro? That's my only what, question. What Jorginho, even Rodri today? I, I think Michael Carrick in England was the first one I can remember. Anyways, before that, who was there? Arsenal were playing with two. Hmm. United were playing with two. Makaleli, I guess, but it's different player. Different I get it. Yeah, but in terms of like mid, deep line midfielder, he's not very athletic. He's not the quickest. He's not the the strongest. Yeah. but he basically controls the tempo from deep. In England, who was it? Mm. There wasn't many. That's why there wasn't many. I'm not struggled. having it. <laughs> no. I had to try. Yeah, I'm struggling with that. I, ain't I think that's by this point we're you know European football's probably like it's bled into our consciousness so much more. Mm. So it's more like the Busquets of this world, the Javis well, of this world. Busquets is after is after Carrick. I know Javi though. Javi mm. is ra- surely around the same time. Must be way before. But deep line, Pirlo play, maybe deep as well. Line, okay, Pirlo. You know what, Pirlo? Yeah, but come on, man. Yeah. Pirlo, I'm going to. I'm going yeah. to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, there's been there's been that role. It just didn't come into England, you know. But there's he does get role. slept on. Mm. It's, it's outrageous. But again, yeah. it's you know it's what we we're talking about in the last podcast about mm. sometimes there's things that you don't see, and the only time you're going to see it is when they're not there. Yeah. And that was uh, that was Carrick. He would just kind yeah. like, again put out of fires. And mm. I think if you're not looking for the right things, then you, you're not going to see that. Yeah, we but, didn't replace him. No, but if you want Carrick in here, no, 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 no. We got Roy Keane. We got Scores. Nah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, nah, uh, my mid, my midfield is Bobby Charlton um, and Roy Keane as well. Bobby Charlton, it goes without saying, he was our all-time top goal scorer mm-hmm. for such a long period, ridiculous amount of time until Wayne Rooney broke it. Um, he's the symbol of this club, you know, sir. He's got a statue outside the oh, outside the sir. stadium. Um, survivor of the Munich air crash to then have to get on the mend have his mentality and mind the trauma to see through all those teammates that died, be part of um, be part of Busby's rebuild and then win the European Cup is unbelievable. And Incredible. then also a World Cup winner Ballon as well, winner. Ballon d'Or winner. I think his accolades are just says it it speaks for itself and he wasn't competing in a time with Isabio and and even Pele was, was was still around and stuff and he was still regarded as one of the best in the world so Bobby Charlton is Manchester United you know maybe alongside Ryan Giggs or something but yeah Bobby is is, is I think United. I think he's well clear of Ryan Giggs mm-hmm. I think like perfect well put like human embodiment of what Man United is as a club and I think that's that's a great point it's like okay you have that like with a lot of things and I think this is why when you are a fan of your team with those players, okay, yes, it is those moments, but there's also some guys that it's like, it's actually like, it's the sort of journey there mm-hmm. and for Bobby Charlton to sort of, to go through what he went through, as mm-hmm. you say, 
And uh, God, like I can't. Even, you don't want to unpack it too much, but for him to go, why me? Like why me, why me? to survive? Survivor's guilt. To get through and help carry and build the blocks to get them to win the you know the European Cup, mm-hmm. absolutely unbelievable. Has to go in there, right? Right foot, left foot. He didn't even have one. He didn't absolute have any screamer Eva. of Eva the foot. strike. Yeah, scores two goals in the uh, semi-final against Portugal in 1966 yep. as well. Santomio Sebio. Uh, proper goals as well. Like when you Sentimumps. see, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you see those, when you see goals, we watch those games. I, my dad watched the uh, 1966 final, and he was like. God, it's slow. <laughs> like, like, and it is a different game, yeah, so you've got to be totally careful is. with those things. But the goals he scores were still like they're bangers yeah. today, you know. Um, so I think I think we've got to find a place for him in there. Yeah, he's in centre mid, man. He's yeah. in centre. He's right there. So we've got so Beckham's definitely in. Mm-hmm. We've definitely got Bobby Charlton in there. Mm-hmm. We've definitely got Bestie in there. Maybe if we we can get Bestie higher up if we need to. Yeah. Bestie. Gonna I was gonna say my bestie. my my dad, if he was here, he would argue for this next position, uh Robson. That, that's who you would argue. So I was thinking about Brian Robson. Yeah. The the problem he has is 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 full impact, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So Joe, what you could do as we go through the lineage is, do you have David Beckham at Manchester United if you don't have Brian Robson? Mm. Mm. My dad, the, the, the reason uh, I've heard all the stories, I'll, I'll tell you, my dad, he grew up in Algeria in a time where Liverpool were like the dominant team in yeah. England. And everyone in his village, outside of the Algerian team they support, they support Liverpool. And he always tells me, Brian Robson, I was the only person in my village to support United because of this guy. And he was almost like the shining light in a United team that they were winning the, the odd FA Cup here. That I think the. I don't think we were. Yeah, you won one. Yeah, I think they won the UEFA. What was it? The UEFA Cup, cup yeah. those days, cup or winners cup. cup winners cup? Excuse oh, me, but yeah. he was kind of like, like you say, Captain Marvel, dragging this team to yeah. even relevance at this point before Fergie would come in and kind of implement his stuff. So, yeah, he's like the, he, if he doesn't keep them relevant in those years, yeah. does what follows after even come? He's like the. What he kind was of kind of like the Steven Gerrard yeah, of the Kenny Dalglishes, the Graham Sooners, and that yeah. there's winners and then there's this guy who yeah. was just trying to yeah. hold he, everything. He keep the ship afloat. Yeah, he yeah, kept yeah, everything yeah. together. But I just think that Roy Keane yeah. was the Captain Marvel. Like him, he was Captain Fantastic, but then also meshed it with the trophies. And also, he was basically the manager on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And you think about, yes, I, I fully agree because... Ferguson bought Roy Keane because he saw a Brian Robson in him. Yeah. You know what I mean? However, I just think what Roy Keane went on to we do... Still and how we, he, how we, we still say we haven't replaced him. We still say we haven't We haven't, and it's the impact that he's had on, on this club and on so many players. That's what we need to remember, right? Listen to the Class of 92 speak about how Roy Keane handled him. Mm-hmm. Listen to Ruud van Nistelrooy speak about how Roy Keane handled him. Listen to Darren Fletcher. Listen to Cristiano. Roy Keane was like their father. Mm-hmm father figure to them gave them that tough love gave them anything so I think there's what we know of Manchester United now Roy Keane is the embodiment of it and as I said he was Fergie on the pitch and that's why they clash so much you mm-hmm. know what I mean because you're looking at you're looking ultimate at your twin you're looking in the mirror yeah, yeah. bro yeah, you're arguing yourself yeah. in the mirror you know what yeah. I mean so <laughs> they like need, they need yeah. a mo- there needs to be the moment doesn't it and it doesn't oh, need to be big so doesn't need like they don't, yeah. they're like never going to do that sit down you just need like a tap, but they have too like, much they have too much pride no remember remember the Shaq and Kobe sit down that is what they need they need he did it with Vieira he will do it Fergie just has to apologise Shaq is Shaq is like Fergie and Keen are mm-hmm. too serious, bro. Yeah. They have way too much pride mm-hmm. and, and self esteem to, to ever do that kind of thing. Like they are, wa- each of them are waiting. You're saying Sirax has to apologize. Yeah. Sirax is waiting for Keen to apologize, yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if there, uh, there needs to happens, be something like G- Gary Neville needs to. Sort- I need to keep calling him G Neb. Mm. Jesus Christ, Gary <laughs> Neville needs to sort this out. Yeah, Just don't know get- if he has the pool, man. I think, I think. 
I think, think Giggs has I, the ball. I, I, if Giggs, I think if Giggs wanted it to happen, it'll happen. No, but I think no, Roy Gary Ro- Neville is a little bit. Roy Keane is the Roy one who has little bros. Roy Keane is the one who has to come out and say something, man. Because Sirius is an old man now, bro. Roy yeah. Keane has to be a, yeah. be the bigger person. Yeah. You don't know how many years you have the opportunity to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Be the bigger well, person. Some, like, sometimes when people get older, they do like go, oh, okay, maybe I've yeah. like, got this wrong. We want to just get this sorted. Before. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he just worked with the club for the first That's time in decades. So hey, very quickly, using that analogy that you're talking about the Henderson and Gerrard thing mm-hmm. if we're doing this for Liverpool are you, does that mean you're putting Henderson in ahead of Gerrard no chance mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? you why <laughs> <laughs> I like don't that I like try. that no, I don't like that don't try Brian Robson isn't my <laughs> no no because firstly Steven Gerrard is 20 times the player of Henderson Roy Keane was a better player than Brian Robson oh, what okay, do you know about so. Brian Robson I know, <laughs> I know my history All of a sudden. I know my history I know my history so okay. yeah alright alright super quickly on yeah. Ryan Giggs uh how do you feel about him? This is not the kind of question that you need to answer quickly. <laughs> but like Ryan Giggs obviously has gone through a kind of lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> a hell of a lot, but not none of that's kind of on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the pitch, you know, exemplary really. And in terms of having an impact, obviously that when we come back to that treble season, there's loads of moments, mm-hmm. but that's a key moment in this as well. Um, yeah, where are you him. at with Giggs? Love him. Super quickly. Love him. Like, listen, I know the stuff happened yeah, off yeah, him, but gonna... <laughs> love him. I don't know, I don't know what he's yeah. doing off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I'm not involved in that. Now, as a player, on the pitch, on the player, I absolutely love Ryan Giggs. He's a That's litmus test. He's a litmus test for me in terms of football fans. Anyone who doesn't read the guy as a football player does not know. They don't, they don't know what they're talking about or they never watch them play. I yeah. think two things could be true, right? And so like, you're, you have to get out of your own way if you want to, f- if you don't want to acknowledge what a player he was. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. do think he, he was hurt by hamstring injuries and things like that mm-hmm. because sort of 92, 93, Ryan Giggs was frightening. Mm-hmm. And a bit like, I think we lost a lot of players from that point of view, like my, Michael Owen as well. Michael Owen could wow. have been, like the numbers that he could have got could have been absolutely outrageous. Wow. And Giggs, I, I think found, you know, he, he sort of then got ahead of the game again mm-hmm. with the yoga and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. And obviously it sounds weird to say that. He's a victim of his problem. longevity, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. He's a victim of his longevity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, guys, uh, we are going to have to stop it there. But uh, sorry, so we've finished it on. We're going Charlton, Beckham. Yeah. Hang on. Who's uh, up yeah. uh, Keane, you, you want Keane? Yeah, yeah, Keane. I was going to say, Cantona has to be in this yeah, team too, man. Oh, Cantona as well. We can't get to the inf- No, but he has so, to be yeah, there. Cantona. Do you know who else is one? Yeah, obviously I said Ruben Van Nistro. Obviously you may have Wayne Rooney, but for me the Ruben Van Nistro and Wayne Rooney had like a massive attachment to it. But there's you were talking about. I know you had a surprise person that you wanted to put in. I don't think we got. We're oh, gonna get Sergio Aguero. Yeah, sorry, but, but Carlos Tevez. Yeah. Without Carlos, yeah. listen, Carlos Tevez created what Manchester City became. I actually agree. With you that. know what I mean? Yeah. That is Ferguson's biggest ever mistake. So yeah. if we're talking about impact. We gave pretty much Carlos Tevez to Man City to start yeah, their dynasty. It's true Would still. Man City be this team without Carlos Tevez driving them into the Champions League, driving okay. them into these positions? Would so, like, like hey, like, Tevez makes my team. Okay, <laughs> finish with uh, two words you've got. Right, so three up top, kind of three in midfield. I've got Bex and I've got Charlton. I've got Best and I've got Cantona. We need two more names. So Keane, do you want Keane Robson? Uh, can you repeat wait, the team? Sorry. Where's Keane not here? So you want Keane in there? Yes. Keane, are we okay with Keane? Keane I'm having a bit Keane in there. So who, who are we missing then? Wait, What's the last on. position? So last position, you've got options are Giggs. You've got Ronaldo we didn't talk about, sadly. Yeah, throw We've got time for that. Uh, Rooney we didn't put in. Rooney. United's greatest ever modern oh player. Oh my God. Mm. Rooney. I'm going Rooney. I'm going, I'm going Carlos Tevez for the name of the game. <laughs> I'm going Wayne Rooney. For the name of the game, I'm going Carlos Tevez and I'm going... 
Ronaldo. I'm going Rooney because he kept us afloat after uh, Ronaldo and Tevez. Did he? We drowned. No, no, no we would have drowned. We would have drowned more without him. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put Ronaldo based on how players and player power has changed. What he's changed when it comes to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, true. Obviously, the money matters. Uh, how he affected the team mm. as well and how Inside they were hurt forward, afterwards and true. the trophies yeah. he brought as well and going for Ronaldo. Ballon right, guys, uh, we have to run, but thank you so much for listening to the podcast. <laughs> Boys, love you both. We'll put links in the descriptions of both the guys' uh, channels uh, in the description, obviously. Um, make sure you follow us on Spotify and everywhere else. I-, I love you very much, and I'm sorry this is rambly. I'll see you next time.